wait, wait, but... wait, 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 shut wait. up, shut up, shut it. Okay. What if, okay, shut, shush, shush. I'm on to something. Welcome to another episode of Podjiba, the Pajiba Television Podcast. I'm Pajiba Comedy Editor Dan Hamamura. With me, as always, are Pajiba Managing Editor Tori Preston. Hello, Dan. Hello, Tori. And Joshua Bassett's sexuality, Dustin Rolls. <laughs> More on Joshua Bassett later. I feel <laughs> weird saying that now. No, no. That, like, because I don't know who Joshua Bassett is. Yeah, why, and why later? Why not now? Because mm. we're going to discuss it in another part of the show. Right now, I just want to mention that Manifest has been number one on Netflix for a month. Like, nothing has been a, number one on Netflix for a month. Like, none of their movies, not The Guard, not whatever, Manifest. The people, recently canceled. People yes. want to know what happened with Flight 826. It's insane. And they're never, they're never going to know. <laughs> And I'm still getting a ton of emails from people. Because <laughs> they're discovering your recaps. Well, yeah, I think most of them actually agree with me at this point. I think before it was like hate mail, but now they're like, yep, yep, I see what you mean. Hmm. <laughs> There's one in particular article that people keep running across. It's something about uh, you should quit Manifest Now. And I think <laughs> what people are doing is like they're reading, they're watching like a season or a season and a half and like, looking up, should I continue watching this or not? Yeah. I think that's what they're running into. Oh. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, Netflix is really pushing Manifest hard. Like, it's in all of my recommendations. Like, but every time I finish watching something, they're like, next up, do you want to watch Manifest? I'm like, no, I don't. Why would you think that? <laughs> it's insane that they wouldn't, that Netflix wouldn't pick this up, though. Just because it's like the biggest hit they've had in a long time. Yeah, but I'm wondering if there's, maybe you know, it might have been a business thing. Like, maybe it would have cost too much to buy it from the mm. network. Maybe, but that, God. Because I think they like owning things outright. Right, and between, like, the, the cost of the show, which would be high because it's a network show. Right. And, and How the could it be high? It's a, it's a network <laughs> It's a network drama, Dustin. The the budget is is big. It's you know you can't just have why they just spaceship no ships in the air or what happened time uh, time holes uh, uh yeah. black lightning yes but Noah's Ark <laughs> it looks like it was made for like forty six dollars like an episode uh, it it's definitely not, was not it is not like the stars are big they're like Josh Dallas <laughs> is the biggest star on the show and I didn't know who he was before this. How did you not know? Did you not watch Once Upon a Time? I did not. Or recognize him in the first <laughs> Thor movie after which he was replaced by Zachary Levi. What? Oh, that's I didn't right. even know that. I forgot. We've, I, we've literally talked I know, about I, it no, on we the have podcast. Talked about it. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, but I, I also forgot about it. No, I, I remember that, but I still don't, I don't even remember what Zachary Levi was. They both were, they were the kind of the, they kind of looked like old school Robin Hood. They were like the blonde uh, sidekicks who had were they, the. Were they it was like the right the, yeah. in Asgard. Yeah. There were the three warriors, the warriors three or whatever, and one of them was like the big guy, and then one of them was Is Jamie Alexander. 
No, well, she, oh, not yeah. Her? Well, she was like their other. Um, oh. And then, yeah, one of them was Josh Dallas with like Maybe very blonde hair this. and a mustache and a little like goatee thing. Huh. Why did they replace him? Because he's a bad actor? Or, I don't know, maybe he couldn't come back. I have no idea. Maybe the TV show was too, you know, taking up too much of his time. God knows. Wait, what, character, uh, what character was that now? And then, yeah, they replaced, and then they died. They put, like, a bad wig on Zachary Levi and put on the mustache and, and just were like, nobody will recognize. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, all right. Let me, I just want to look at his picture. Josh Jowell. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. They both yeah, that guy. so bad. They both, but they look like they're doing Carrie Elway's in yes, Robin Hood yes, in tights. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> and part of me is like, Carrie Elway's still looks like Carrie El- Like, you could have just gotten him. <laughs> he would have appreciated the paycheck. He would have, and everyone would have appreciated him. No no one ever has to replace Carrie Elway's. Mm-mm. Mm. That's weird. Okay. They probably didn't want that level of like raw sexuality to detract from Chris Hemsworth, which I understand. Sure. But. (laughs) Oh, I forgot that Tadanobu Asano was the other one of the Warriors 3. Well, because they did that weird thing where it was like they were the Warriors 3, but then he just kind of goes off at one point. Right. Where they're like, oh, we like helped your world. And he's like, okay, thanks. Bye. And I'm like, I thought you guys were like a a band of merry men. <laughs> anyway, Josh Dallas, this is not a movie podcast, but Josh Dallas, star of Manifest, Dustin's favorite show, mm-hmm. uh, RIP mm-hmm. Manifest, but the the people can still watch on Netflix. But why? It doesn't, it, it there's no, <laughs> no, no, there's no ending. Don't do it. I mean, maybe Netflix, maybe somebody will give them the budget for one of those wrap-up movies. Netflix only has two seasons, too. The third season you have to watch on Peacock. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, because it's so recent. Mm-hmm. It'll... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, none of the... I forgot there was a third season. That's kind of amazing that the... How... Yeah, you can't even get the whole thing. I mean, were they at the... I mean, I guess because it all ended up on Netflix, but, like... What's the episode number for it to be, like, syndication? Like, why did they hit that level with three seasons? Like, no. I don't think so. Or does it not matter anymore? Uh, I guess it matters less now. Because they, they had so they had three seasons. They got up to 42 episodes. Right. Which is actually, you know, I mean, that's not syndication numbers. But, like, for... <laughs> Uh, if you if you believe the Netflix or um, like the the new streaming, you know, theory where you only need three seasons of a show, um, that's enough because right. net for Netflix that would be what like thirty episodes. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, they they actually do have enough to to fill that bucket. Although, not all on Netflix right now because of Peacock. That's insane. I think there are enough biblical allusions in Manifest that maybe it's developed some sort of Christian following of some sort. I would have thought they would have found it sacrilegious. Maybe. I I don't know. I mean, just from the part where you're talking about them experimenting on the the chunk of Noah's Ark (laughs) rather than putting it in a museum and like... 
well, I being like, look, the Bible's real. Like, why would you sit there and like blast it with electricity? Mm-hmm. I saw somebody describe it as like Christian law, which didn't make a lot of sense to me. But I guess if you want to see it that way, you could maybe. I mean, Christianity doesn't make a lot of sense. No. And I thought loss was kind of Christianity loss. But... Yeah, it was. Anyway. <laughs> What's the atheistic loss? Oh, yeah. Because lost had, uh, I mean, they pretty much do go to heaven, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. like the man in black. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have the yeah, whole the good and evil and, thing. And Jacob and, yeah, they're, yeah. anyway. Uh, the atheist one is a uh, good place or agnostic. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's true. Ish. Um, but it's not lost. That's true. But it's, it's lost. It's afterlife. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about, okay, so uh, what, what's that? Wait, what's that, uh, that one on, um, um, oh, that... the island. Remember that, Dustin? <laughs> yes. <laughs> 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 Absolutely. I was actually going to say whatever the Amazon one is, the Amazon one last year, but um, oh. then, I, then I remembered the island, and I thought that was, was it amazing. downloaded or something? No, not that one. The uh, the one where there it's teens on a beach. Oh, um, and it, it got had, picked um, up for a second season. It had uh, the the wilds. Oh, the wilds. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. That's island what's sucked. called, right? The wilds is pretty good. <laughs> I don't remember is much that, about it. Is that Atheist Lost? Ah, uh, shit. I don't remember how, what happened. Well, it was a Lost, because they weren't on, on an island, but I don't remember what the whole conceit. No, that was like a, I think there was like somebody controlling it from afar. Oh, that's right. It was like a reality TV. I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, maybe Atheist Lost is Flight 828 Down, which was, uh, which was like, Tween Lost. Oh. Do you guys remember that? It was no. on at the same time as Lost, which is amazing. I don't have any recollection uh, of that whatsoever. It was, it was on, I think it was like one of those, uh, I want to say, I want to say it was, uh, oh wait, no, not 828. What was the number? Wait, 828 is Manifest. Yes. Which is, that would be hilarious though if it was called that. Uh, Flight 29 down. Flight 29 down. Ah. Uh, yeah, it was on 2005 to 2007, so it's the same time as lo- as like peak Lost, like early Lost. It was on Discovery Kids, and it was <laughs> it was oh. teens who end up crashing on a plane on a island, and then being stuck there. Was uh, Dead Like Me before Lost or concurrent? Dead Like Me started before Lost because it was 04 to 06, so it, okay. it it crossed over for a year. Um. Corbin Blue was on Flight 29 Down. Huh. And then other people also whose names I don't recognize. Was that your way of doing a segue to High School Musical? It was not, but it might as well be. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, High School Musical, the musical, the series, has a second season, which Dustin wants to speak about. And and also other shows. Well, I, 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 I let's want to talk about the show itself, which is really, for what it is, it's really good. And I've now seen large portions of High School Musical, the movie, and it's not very good. I mean, it's, 
it's fine for what it is, I guess. It's like a teen movie, but like the series is like genuinely good. The music is fantastic. Uh, the second season is um, uh, Beauty and the Beast, uh, and there's two episodes left. But this is what I want to say about it. And we often complain and about in Marvel movies or Disney movies how they're you know they have gay characters but not really uh, because they don't like. I mean, like the director will say, yes, they're gay characters, but you don't actually see them. Right. So, and, and I think I've sort of come to the realization that they do that because of the adults. Because the kids, all of these Disney shows, these kids' Disney shows now, it's completely normalized. Like, High School Musical has this amazing, incredible gay couple. Um, one kid is a farmer in Utah, and you keep waiting for like there's going to be like a whole backstory about coming out to his parents or the difficult but that never happens there's none of that it's just there's it's just a relationship it's just a they're just an incredible couple and oh i love them so much they're just the sweetest and and big shot has um gay couples in it and but it's never they're never like defined like when i was a kid like my best friend was gay and he was defined as like the gay kid that was mm -hmm. his but now that's not, it's just not how it is. And it's just amazing to see. And I love High School Musical for that. And Big Shot was really good for that. Um, also Joshua Bassett, who is the lead in, um, in High School Musical series. He's the guy that played Zac Efron. So he may or may not have dated Olivia Rodrigo, who's like the biggest star on the planet right now. She's, mm. The Vanessa Hudgens character and Driver's License is supposedly written about Joshua Bassett. Oh, okay. Yes, and this—it's like a Rodrigo's album is like this jaded sort of like uh, Alanis Morissette breakup album. It's really good. It's not quite as in your face as Morissette. Not that she was like you know, but Joshua Bassett <laughs> sort of like came well. And this last week, he sort of came out. He's being very ambiguous about it, but he's definitely bi, and he may be. He's he's not. He's being cagey about it, but it's really interesting because he's like the Efron guy, and he's got. If you're a, of a certain age, like this is your world right now. Like my daughters, they spend their time googling their relationships, and like oh. squealing. Yes, they, they they're they're mad about the gossip about them and because mm. they're like upset it's like oh my god is this real what's going on screen was it real did they when they break up in the show did they break up in real life because they're so good and, and i don't know it's just really fascinating to watch uh as an adult in who grew up at a different time to see kids shows these days that are just completely completely different than how we grew up i mean the same was saved by the bell the new years which is so much better than the old one Anyway, and I also just briefly wanted to mention iCarly because it came back and I never watched the original, but my daughters tell me that it, the new one is not very good because Sam is not on it. Who's... Uh, Sam was Jeanette McCurdy, I think is her name. She went and did a show called Sam and Cat, and Cat was played by Ariana Grande. Oh. Right. 
And Ariana Grande spoke in a really high-pitched voice on the show that was really obnoxious, and I don't really understand why. But <laughs> if you sort of, now, particularly now that everything's on streaming, you like go to Paramount, you get all the Nickelodeon shows, you get Disney, you get all the Disney shows. If you sort of like have daughters or kids that watch these shows, you sort of realize that everybody that's famous now, they sort of like started out on these shows. They're a Nick kid or a Disney kid. You have no idea, like... Oh my God, all of these people were there at one point. Except for iCarly, who started on School of Rock, right? Did she? Oh, oh yeah. mm, yes, yes. And then Wait, yes. is that right? I thought, I don't I oh, think so. I think she, yeah, I thought School girls, of Rock was before she got the show. I could be wrong. It might have been. Because when the girls saw School of Rock, I think they freaked out because iCarly was on there. But I, I didn't know the timing of that. Yeah. I could be wrong with that. That sounds no. That sounds right. Um, you're talking about uh, Miranda Cosgrove, right? Yes. Um, let's see. <laughs> yep, School of Rock was definitely first. Huh. Um, it's like a different. I mean, I, I guess when you're older, you just don't notice these things. I don't know. It's just like a different pop cultural ecosystem that's fascinating in and of itself, and not. When we were kids, it felt like, like Saved by the Bell was like sort of dumbed down, bad, but we enjoyed it, even though it was kind of shitty. Yeah. But like these shows are like much, much better quality than the shows we grew up watching. Yeah, but I also, I mean, in in terms of the, Not, the gossip thing, I think yeah. that we, we didn't have, like, there wasn't really an internet. Right, right. Right. I mean, we had like Tiger Beat magazine. Everything was done in magazines. Right. And right. people would like, you know, because I remember like my friend had all these, you know, she would cut the covers off or cut the pictures <laughs> off and have like the different, you know, hot teen boys like all over her wall. And then I'd be like, mm -hmm. can you please like I need to I'm going to change in another room because there's too many eyeballs on your wall. It's really <laughs> creepy. Um, so that's like the stuff that I remember. But because it was it was but filtered it was, through like PR. Exactly. It was very filtered through right. PR. Um, and it was something, you know, Lance Bass came out, but he came out much later. Like when he right. was still like a teen heartthrob, he was going to the prom with other teen heartthrobs. You know, like he, right. they, there's an ability for these kids to kind of explore um, those aspects like uh, earlier when they're still part of that machinery. Right. And you're right. It's interesting that like the Disney shows can, can, have that amount of kind of diversity, but, but the movies like Marvel movies can't really. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. But I also think, I mean, in terms of quality, like I'm happy there's more representation, but I also think it's reflective of the culture. Like right. I'm not, Absolutely. I'm not sure that like, I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying Saved by the Bell was great, but oh, it, I'm saying Saved by the Bell was great. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, but I think it's shittiness <laughs> in terms of representation. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't progressive. Right. That's, I mean. But it it was probably, I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like what. I, they, I mean, for, it, it's like, it's, it's definitely, I don't know. I mean, these shows feel like a product of the times as much as Saved by the Bell was a product right. of the times. And, and right? what it, and what Saved by the Bell would tackle was just different. Ugh. It may not have been sexuality, but they were tackling like right. drug abuse. Right. Sure. I, I think 
<laughs> I think I agree that it is a project for the time. I just I just think that it shows like this big um, divide between our generation and Gen Z, right. um, even progressives of our generation and like right right because even in our generation, you know, coming out is still kind of a big deal and like defining yourself and your sexuality is still sort of but for that generation, it's just it's not an issue. It's not right. It's just what it is. Yeah. Right. And and that that is interesting that that it's it's so much more. I mean, you make a really good point, Dustin. That it is. Um, you can see it in the difference for things that are made for kids today versus things that are made to be mo- more mass market, where it's treated like, uh, yeah, li- like the the way that it is for for people our age. Right. Because um, even in, uh, I'm reminded of this just because I finally watched the. Uh, the season finale, uh, but uh, on a million little things, one of the one of the teen characters is one of the kid characters is like going through, was going through like a coming out story, um, and and I mean it's not bad, but it's very much like you know it's 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 the way that you'd expect it for us, right? right. Versus the way that these shows tackle it, um, where it's just like no, that's just how it is, and nobody mm-hmm. comments on it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think yeah, adults expect it to be a source of of drama and there is something mm. that is very powerful in allowing kids to, to n- just see it as natural. Right. Right. Um, because it should be. Yes. Um, which, but, but it also doesn't mean, and I think that's where it, you know, it's a double edged sword there because on the other hand, it should be natural. But for a lot of the kids who may grow up watching that show, they may still find themselves having a hard time coming out. Right. You know, they may face more struggle than the representations they're seeing on screen. Right. Um, I hope that's not the case, but. I'm sure it is in like smaller towns and stuff, but I just, I don't know. It's remarkable to see. Yeah. That's great. And that's all I wanted to say about it. Can we go back to something that you mentioned? You said that you've seen a lot more of the original high school musical. The girls, they watched it this week. Oh. And they wanted, and I came in and they wanted me to watch part of it with it. And like the music's fine, but Zac Efron's not very good in it. Vanessa Hudgens is terrible. Uh, And who's the blonde? Oh, Ashley Tisdale? Yeah, not good. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin, you're going to get us so much is this hate another, I'm sorry. Is this another uh, generation gap thing? Send all like... your all your hate hate tweets to uh, Seth, producer Seth, at LoveSpackle right. on Twitter. Uh, sorry, Dustin, continue. <laughs> but I think Efron is the best of the bunch, which is not saying much. Uh, although it is really strange to think that... Um, High School Musical was 2006, and, like, Zac Efron's, like, in his 30s. <laughs> yeah, and he's going on going on treks to other countries right. for whatever that show was. Um, I mean, Zac I Efron what? was on Firefly when he was a kid. He was? Oh, who was he on Firefly? He played, they do a flashback to Simon and River when they're kids, and he plays young Simon. Oh. oh, I don't remember that. So there's one that. episode where it's like a 12-year-old Zac Efron <laughs> pretending to oh. be Sean Mayer. Oh, yeah. all right. 
Um, that's cool. Uh, Dustin, you know, we don't normally talk about uh, uh, TV. Well, we don't talk about movies, even TV movies, but uh, <laughs> you did give me now an excellent segue to a TV movie that we are going to talk about because the two of you have watched it and, and it is kind of an interesting setup. Uh, so we're going to talk about Fear Street. Uh, Fear Street 1994, is that the full title? Yes, I think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, we're doing everything just entirely out of order tonight. This I love whole, it. We haven't even we haven't even covered what we're drinking, but we'll no, get there. We'll get there. So, uh, uh, it's gonna be a surprise for all of us. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, just thought it might be fun to kind of touch base on this one because it's you're right. We don't normally talk about um, TV movies or streaming movies, uh, but this one isn't really a normal scenario. It's this uh, Fear Street. They set it up as a trilogy. There's one installment coming out three weeks, you know, each week for three weeks. Um, It's on Netflix. So it kind of seemed, it's not your standard streaming movie. (laughs) Uh, And I I think it's worth talking about because I think it's also kind of tagging that nostalgia um, that we were talking about with like uh, Saved by the Bell or whatever. Um, The things that we grew up with, a lot of my generation grew up reading the R.L. Stein books. Um, I think, although I read them, I do not remember anything that happened in them. So watching the movie was a lot of fun because I was like, this is fine. I'm sure this is accurate. I don't remember. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the the premise is it's a horror movie. Uh, The first one is 1994. It takes place uh, in Shadyside. I think there's two towns, yep. Sunny. Da- it's like right. yeah. Sunnydale or whatever in Shadyside, and Shadyside is like that bad part of town. And they <laughs> uh, they just have periodic massacres. Just people start killing other people uh, on a fairly regular basis. And so in 1994, there's a, a killing at a mall, and then uh, another, and then the killer shows up again. He's supposed to be dead, and these teenagers start figuring out that it's the string of murders through the past, like hundreds of years are not unconnected. There's actually like a witch's curse. And so the, in 1994, they're trying to, um, the witch somehow got a taste for this one girl's blood and sends, uh, all of the killers through all of the periods in history that she had controlled. So you have uh, the killer from like 1994, the one from like the 70s, the one from the 50s, you know, one from, I don't know, like the 20s or 30s, like all just a bunch of killers kind of reanimate and come after this girl. And so they're trying to find a way to beat the curse. Um, And so what they introduce in 1994 is the idea that there are other episodes in this uh, town's history that may play into the mystery of what's going on. Um, and so each subsequent installment will take place in a different time period and will look at the massacre that happened, uh, in that period of time, but also hopefully you get more answers as to what's going on with, with this curse. And I think it'll, I, so I think there'll still be scenes in the present as the teenagers like learn about it and, and try to take that information to, to save themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, the next, I think the next installment is the 70s it's but it's uh, 78 78 yeah. yeah so that one is very much uh friday the 13th themed it's like at a mm. you know at a summer camp 
you know, <laughs> um, and it's going to have the girl from one of the girls from Stranger Things. And then, oh, wait, no, I thought that well, so there was a big deal about made about the cameo in this movie uh, in the beginning. Yeah. Like the Drew, Drew Barrymore. And that was from Stranger Things, Maya Hawk. Right. Yeah. So uh, there's another Stranger Things person. Yeah. Um, Sadie Sink. She was the, mm. the red-haired girl that showed up in, I think, the most recent season. She and her brother show up in town. She starts... Oh, oh okay, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so she's going to be the, the... It looks like she's the lead in the next um, huh. the next movie. And then after that, they're going to do 1666. So it's like the movie that takes place oh, in the shit. past, and it's like the origin of the, the witch. Um. So it's, I, you know, the first movie I think was, it was a lot of fun, uh, but it was a pretty standard kind of like, you know, uh, it's playing on a lot of tropes. It felt very Stranger Things, like, okay. you know, very self-aware, but also, you know, did what it had to do. It had some, had some good surprises. It was entertaining. Uh, I'm more, I think the most interesting thing about what they're doing is the concept. Like I'm really, I like the fact that they're going back through time to tell the story as opposed to, cause you, you know, it's not, it's literally the opposite of linear storytelling. Um, right. So I'm curious how, how that will all sync up and, and I hope it, it's all in the execution, but I, I really like the concept. I'm looking forward to see how it comes together. Although I, the first view of this movie was good. It was, it was fine. It was fine. It was very teen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know. And I like teen right. movies a lot. It just... Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. But I also... It's and... so weird. Like, I don't... Like, so everyone... Like, Goosebumps is the R.L. Stein thing that, like, everyone really remembered. And, and those... And they've done good... I mean, there was that... The Jack Black movie about those. Um, right. You know, I, I feel like those are more beloved. I really like that they're reaching back to Fear Street. But it's, it's that thing where... I know so many people read them, but I feel like they're not, they never really maintained a place in the sort of, you know, cultural dialogue. <laughs> like they don't, right, they don't right. have that. Um, they didn't have as much staying power. Um, right. So it made me want to go mean, back like, and I read books. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't read any of them, but I know what Goosebumps is, but I didn't know that Fear Street was R.L. Stein. I yeah. didn't matter. Yeah, so Goosebumps, obviously, he like he just churned those things out. There were so many Goosebumps books, and they were for kids. Right. But then he he had a couple of other series that were for um, for older kids. I mean, they were like targeted right. to teens, but I was still reading them. Like I would read Goosebumps and Fear Street at the same time. Um, so, in your twenties? Oh, no, I would. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was in like fourth grade and I'd be reading all of them and Stephen King. I was like, it's fine. Just give me the horror. Like, I don't care yeah. what age group it's for. I'll just read it. And watching Twin Peaks. Also it's all, it's all, all at the same I time. was a very normal human child. <laughs> I was a normal human child and nothing has, literally my taste has not changed. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I peaked. <laughs> I peaked early and have just plateaued for 30 fucking years. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I would like to note that on Netflix right now, uh, Fear Street is number three, Manifest is number one, and then there is another show that I watched this week that I've forgotten about, the number two. It's uh, Sarah Shahi's Sex Life. Oh, yeah. Oh, I heard that was terrible. Right. 
Jehovah. <laughs> just the worst, but it was just porny as hell. <laughs> but I heard just, it wasn't even good porn. It was like like some I, kind I, of softcore boring. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of softcore. They just haven't figured it out. Bridgerton, I feel like, is the only show that's figured out how to like merge like softcore porn with like a good story. Hmm. Yeah. Can you think of anything? I was trying to think earlier about like a good show. Don't people like uh, that uh, Outlander? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that, yeah. But and that's very Bridgerton. I feel like in terms of like it, yeah. it's it's but it's kind of walking that. It doesn't read as porny to me. I mean, it's it's very much romance. Oh, okay. Um, I haven't seen it, so I don't. I have no idea. I don't know. But then I kept thinking about um, something like the Cinemax show, something like Warrior, where I'm like, it's it's a not. It's, it's not a porny show, except that they have the right. requisite number of sex scenes that they have to have every right. single episode. Right. They do have the, well, we're HBO, or not HBO, Cinemaxy. Yeah. So there will be some nudity. Yeah, we are a very serious drama, but we are on Cinemax, so you will have to see boobs once an episode. Right. Um, and so they had all these like characters that had no business hooking up. And it would just be like, this is the lull in the script where like two people need to have sex. There you go. Um, so I feel like those are, they're those kind of steamy shows. I just thought it was kind of unusual that Sarah Shahi was doing it, but. Good for her. Good for her. Yeah. 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 She looks great. She's a really bad script, though. Yeah. Again, and Michael you, you never Mark watched. Ann, oh, he's in I it? Thought I, yeah, I thought I knew who he was, but maybe I don't. Hmm. Do you, Wait, who's in it? Michael Bartan? Is that his? It's not the guy from Alias. No, but that's that's Michael that's, Bartan. Yeah. So then, Mike Vogel. Mike Vogel. Sorry, never mind. Mike Vogel. <laughs> so, <laughs> Michael Bartan. No wonder so you were Vogel? like, you're not the guy from Alias. <laughs> no. Don't we know Mike Vogel? Vogel from something? He, he looked familiar. Maybe not. He's out of my league. No, no. I mean, I, I, I've seen him. Cloverfield, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He's just, he's one of those bland white guys. <laughs> well, under the, under the Dome, I think, is where I know him best. Oh, yeah. I think he might have been the lead in that white guy. Uh, I never watched Under the Dome. Yeah, it was not good. It yeah. was, it had, it was fine for like an episode or two. Yeah. And it just kind of kept going. That's about right. Yeah. Not unlike Lacey's story. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Never. Oh, man. Um, Under the Dome was created by Brian K. Vaughn? Yeah. It was? All right. Yeah, I think he, he did the TV adaptation. Oh, all right. Uh-huh. Cool. Sorry, I'm just trolling IMDb because mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't watched any of these shows. Oh, oh wait, I have a transition. Okay. Yes. Um, speaking of bland white guys, it must be time for Kung Fu Corner. <laughs> oh, damn. I feel like that's, is that a shot at Kung Fu? No, uh, it's not. Um, okay. No, but it is. Uh, leave Derek alone. <laughs> you leave Derek. I know. Now- His name is Evan, <laughs> allegedly. Look, Trevor is doing a really, I'm really glad that we had that episode to kind of get on his side because this week. Mm-hmm. This week's episode was pretty heartbreaking in that his heart was broken. Yeah. 
Um, over there. Yeah, so the theme of this week's episode was everybody had to make choices. And uh, the main choice was that Nikki had finally like made a decision between the two dudes. Only it was nice because it was not really positioned as her struggling to make a decision. It was literally like, how do I tell my ex-boyfriend that I just want to be friends? Like she already knew she wanted Henry because duh, like we all saw that coming. But now that we had that whole thing with Derek, where like, we're like, oh, he is not that bad. And then you kind of feel bad for him. And so you see her like helping him out on this case with this frat um, and they're like bonding and it's all leading up to her kind of having to be like, I know that you broke up with your girlfriend, but also I think we're really better as friends. <laughs> um, and then she went and asked uh, Henry to be her date to the wedding. Um, so that was lovely. Also, uh, mm-hmm. Zalon is, so we haven't really talked that much about what's going on with Zalon, but like she's uh-huh. still kind of over, uh, she's been hooking up with this rich kid whose father has a bunch of the weapons. So she's right. like trying to like get those weapons. Right. Uh, and he, they had like stolen one and then his dad's head of security comes and is like tries to make the dude kill her and he sides with her and like kills the dude and so now they're like you know totally partners in all of this um but what i appreciate about it is she is the villain but her storyline has basically like you you've been seeing bits of her life all season and it Mm -hmm. is stuff that has nothing to do with nikki it's not like Mm -hmm. She has this whole drama that is all her own, and you you kind you do end up rooting for her. I mean, she's like a stone cold bitch. Like, don't get me wrong, but she's so badass, and and you're kind of like, yeah, like fuck that rich guy, like yeah, yeah. like get, get those weapons. And you're like, no, but also you're the bad guy, and Nikki needs to stop you. But like, I really appreciate the fact that they will have to go head to head. But for right now, they each kind of have their own separate dramas going on, and you're allowed to kind of root for both of them. Um, mm-hmm. and, oh, and then, uh, so, uh, Althea had to make the choice, uh, whether to, she's going to break her NDA and come forward, uh, against her old boss. Mm-hmm. And Ryan kind of had a choice taken away from him. He, he like, uh, was ready to kind of go public with his boyfriend, like introduce him to his parents. Um, he was going to ask, he asked him to Althea's, uh, to be his date to the wedding. And then his boyfriend revealed that he had just gotten a job offer in Chicago. And so they were going to, he was only going to be around for a week and it was really heartbreaking. Um, Ryan played that scene very, very well. He was just like, he's, it was, it was tough to watch. Yeah. Oh, so it was very sad. I hope, I hope for the best day. Long distance is hard. Um, <laughs> But he was just kind of like, I can't do this because um, it was it was very nice because it was they obviously really like each other. This was a huge step for Ryan. But he also recognizes that, like, the job that that his boyfriend was offered is like the perfect job. And he's like, mm-hmm. not going to st- it's not going to be like you need to make a decision between me or your entire career. It was sort of like, no, right. you're gonna, you need to pick your career and I need to just right, like right. be really hurt right now. So bye. <laughs> right. Um. So it was very sweet. So for most people, everything worked out except for Ryan. We'll see where that goes this season. Um, And Nikki and, and so we're like kind of heading into the back stretch of the show. What do we have? Like three, three episodes left. 
Uh, I believe there are three episodes left, yes. Right. Thank mm. you. Mm. Not that you're watching them. Not, I, I mean, I don't watch, but I do. I, I, I have IMDb. You have, yeah. So. Oh, we know. <laughs> You've been on it all night. So, uh, so the big reveal this episode is that, so all season, Nikki thought she had to beat Zalon to the weapons themselves. And at this point, I mean, she she's losing that battle. Right. Zalon right. has all of them or knows where they are. Um, right. But Nikki found out through listening to the recordings from her aunt that the the legend of their power is there's sort of like a limit to them. Mm-hmm. And that is it's not just getting all of the weapons together. You have to take them back to the place where they were forged, like the source mm-hmm. of their power for them mm-hmm. to kind of like get all charged up. Um, and that's the that is the real mystery. Nobody knows where that is, except right. that her aunt had figured it out. And that's why she went into hiding so that nobody could get that information from her. So mm-hmm. in the recording, she leaves the clues so that Nikki can find it. So now Nikki is her priorities have shifted. She needs to, rather than trying to beat Zalon to the weapons, she's going to beat Zalon to the forge. So if mm. she goes there and then prevents Zalon from bringing the weapons in, that averts the disaster. Right. So she now hopefully has the upper hand. Right. Um, well, her and Henry. Also, okay. <laughs> We need to talk about this. <laughs> Let's get back to the important stuff. So okay. Nikki and Henry made out, but mm-hmm. uh, it was really sweet. Uh, but here's the problem. Not problem. Uh, it's amazing set design. So they always are hanging out in the library at, I believe, the community center. Yep. Uh, that sounds right. But on the, on the evening where Nikki shows up to confess her feelings, there happens to be, I don't know if it's just a bunch of conveniently lit candles or like a fireplace burning in the background mm-hmm. of the library at the community center. Right. Right. Um, and it was very much uh, like you guys didn't watch Sabrina, the Sabrina show, mm-hmm. did you? Mm-mm. Not really. <laughs> so there was this running thing where like Sabrina and her friends would have a meeting in the school library and they'd be mm-hmm. sitting on a couch in front of a fireplace because obviously mm-hmm. this like public high school has a fireplace in their right, library. Right, right. And I'm just really happy that uh, that Kung Fu has picked that up from from the finer teenage teen shows right. that uh, um, all libraries must have fireplaces. Right. Well, one one thing that is very interesting uh, that you mentioned, Sabrina, is that uh, the uh, the. Well, one, there is definitely a fireplace in that library, uh, (laughs) allegedly. In the community center. In the community center. Right. Uh, And uh, and I believe it it has been lit in previous previous scenes. I I didn't notice it because Mm -hmm. no one was kissing in front of it. Fair enough. Yeah. That's that's reasonable. Um, The uh, the other thing that uh, might be might be. knowledge that either stays in the episode or I, I cut out, uh, <laughs> is that, uh, in uh, allegedly it's possible that the community center set was originally the Sabrina, a Sabrina. Set. <laughs> oh. uh, just... Did you possibly learn that from IMDB? <laughs> I might have found that on Google somewhere <laughs> and I oh. might be writing down this time code to cut it out. Um, oh my God. Really? <laughs> It's actually a Sabrina set. 
Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll talk about it off. Maybe, maybe we'll talk about it off. Maybe I've had. Maybe it's time to do what's everyone drinking because I might have had too much Mezzacorona wine, which Dustin uh, mentioned a few weeks ago, and I and then I got it at Trader Joe's, and it's a white Pinot Grigio, or which is obviously a white wine, and it's it's obviously it's pretty good. So, um, wow, wow, uh, uh, yeah, so. <laughs> well, uh, my cocktail just got a little sweeter. I'll tell you that. Um, I'm having a victory <laughs> tequila. Now, um, I'm drinking more of the Rocks Terramana uh, mm. because it really is just a reasonably priced, not gross tequila. And that's all I'm looking mm-hmm. for. Um, so I made it into a kind of fake Paloma with some uh, the Spindrift grapefruit soda. Um, and some okay. some like chili lime seasoning, so. Oh, use uh, Seth uses that producer Seth puts that chili lime seasoning in like in his beer. Oh yeah. And like PBR. Yeah. I I mean, it doesn't make it PBR taste any better or worse. But then you get the chili lime seasoning all over the top of the can, and it's too much. No, it's that's mm, literally not. It's that's the point. It's a whole, it's a whole thing, <laughs> Dustin. Don't. But yes, I, I buy that Trader Joe's the same seasoning. I assume that that yeah. producer Seth yeah. uses, mm-hmm. um, and I dump it in my my tequila drinks. Huh. It's very good. It's very versatile seasoning. I thought I would buy it and only use it on drinks, but I use it for cooking too. Hmm. Yeah. What do you put it in? Oh, a lot of times I'll be making like a slow cooked pork. Or something, and I'll, oh, I'll yeah, throw yeah. some of that oh. on it. Yeah. Fancy. Or if I'm making black beans, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. No, that tastes good. Yeah, I can see that. I I, I cracked out one of those bottles of wine tonight. The, it was called the Watchkeeper, and it was um, a 2020 dry white wine. Hi, Penny. <laughs> yeah, that goes the dog. <laughs> and I had three drinks, and then I poured the rest of it down the sink, and now I'm drinking uh, Allagash. Oh. So, right. so you got one good bottle out of that box, but the rest is maybe not. So far, it is one for three. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow, it was so bad you poured it. Oh, it was wow. real bad. I, do you do you normally is a dry white wine a thing? I mean, I guess it must be. Yeah. Yeah, that's just. Yeah. Mm. Not for you though, nope, I guess. Nope. Real bad. <laughs> All right. Um, Speaking of things that are real bad, uh, I feel awkward making a transition there, making a jokey transition. But uh, I just wanted to talk about briefly about Top Chef uh, because I I, I, I enjoy, obviously, when I spoke about it last on this podcast, I was really enjoying this season. Um, Overall, it was, it was the, I, I, I still don't know how to, I don't have my, my thoughts aren't fully formed. Um, so this is all kind of just me, you know, talking. Um, and, uh, but the, here's what happened. So the top chef season ended last week. Uh, Gabe from Texas ended up being the winner. Um, as far as the competition goes, his win was at least, you know, again, based on the edit clearly deserved. Uh, even though, my favorite Shota was in the final, and you know it didn't seem like he had it for the final, so that's fine. Um, but what came up 
around the show was the night of the finale, uh, the Austin... I'm sorry, I'm trying, I want to make sure I get this right. Uh, the Austin American Statesman, uh, which is a newspaper or a news... Uh, yeah. Uh, they uh, posted an article talking about how Gabe, uh, who you know by this point had won the season, uh, had been fired from his restaurant in December of 2020 uh, for, and the quote is, uh, repeated violations of the company's ethics policy as it relates to harassment of women. Oh. Uh, and the show had already filmed by that point, but obviously had not aired. Um, and so it, it left this really, you know, the obviously the, the uh, allegations against him are... are, are much worse than whether or not someone enjoys a television show. Right. But, um, you know, it, it, it led to this weird scenario where, like, you know, this season, which had been so celebrated and enjoyed, uh, you know, for the past three months, um, was suddenly had this very sour note at the end because the show did not address uh address this at all um and again you know it it came up after obviously after the show had finished filming but before it had aired so there's a question of like whether or not they had some kind of uh you know obligation to to speak to it in some way um the uh the 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 allegations against uh gabe who who won the show uh it's 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 a weird, like, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't know. I don't know how to, how to quantify it because it's not a, it, it's, it seems based on what has been said that it's, it's not a, it's not a good situation clearly, but it's, it, it falls in one of those like gray areas where, you know, it's not. It's not criminal acts, but it's clearly shitty behavior. Right. Like, it right. got him fired, and but he's not, he's not being, he's not going to court. Like, he's not right. arrested or something. It's... Right, right. So, it's, so, you know, the, the show was no doubt in this middle ground of, you know, how to deal with it. And I don't know, I, I don't even know what to say about whether or not they dealt with it correctly uh, or not. Except... Yeah. Yeah. And and th- there's there's one other thing that came out that was in an article from the Seattle Times uh, a couple days ago, which kind of lends more, uh, not nuance, more j- just it's it's interesting to because I again I'm still I just read this today so I'm still trying to figure out what to think about it. Um, is it supposedly? Uh, the show, there was an article in the Seattle Times talking about the finale, but it talked about how in the finale, they specifically edited out a chef who was at the final, uh, among the judges at the finale, um, but who has since been uh, accused of sexual misconduct. And he Mm. wasn't a, he wasn't a, a, a competitor. He was, he was with the judges, um, but he was edited out because they could. And so, so now it leads to this, this scenario where they edited out one person who's been accused of things, um, because they can, and they, they obviously can't edit out the competitor, especially if he won. Um, and I don't know, it's just, it's just a, it's just a mess. And it's a, it's a bummer because it, 
it I, I'm I'm a steadfast believer that you can enjoy a show regardless of how it ends right uh, at least in terms of scripted content but also this is you know it's it, it definitely puts a siren out on what was a really enjoyable season um and and it's it's another reminder that like you know with reality shows um there's there it's it's weirdly harder to separate or maybe not weirdly but it's it's definitely harder to separate when someone that you enjoy on a reality show disappoints you even though by all accounts they're just as much a a fictional character as a fake as a scripted show would be because it's it's constructed and it's edited and it's it's put together in a way to make you feel a certain way about that person um but it's still i don't it's it's a bummer and it's it's a it's a disappointment in a in a way that i don't i'm still trying to figure out i don't know i'm just bummed out generally (laughs) a question about timing yeah i don't i haven't watched the show because and i've tried to avoid spoilers because I love the mm-hmm. show and I want to watch it at the end. Right. And the only reason I knew about this was because Padma had posted something on Twitter right. saying that she didn't know about yeah. any of this. Mm-hmm. So did the producers know? I Well, so the, so the way that... It oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the timeline that, as it is understood, is that um, so the article from the Austin American Statesman, uh, that came out like the night of the finale. Right. So, you know, I mean, they are a news outlet, but again, they no doubt timed it for any of they've been investigating, but also I'm sure they timed it for maximum impact, which is the, you know, that would make sense. Uh, the, he was fired from his restaurant in December of 2020, which is after the f- show had, had filmed. Right. But obviously, it had not aired. So they definitely knew that he had been fired. But but that's um, that's where I'm a little confused. Why would they know? Like, if if his part on the show is done, mm-hmm. if he doesn't divulge that information, and if they're not talking to his employer, right? At what point? Like, is it reasonable to like? I obviously I do think that they knew. Yeah. But it is a little. It you know there isn't. It's not a given that they should. I, f- I think it's reasonable to know that they would have... I, I think it... I, I, you're right. So, so the, the statement that came from Padma uh, said that when they filmed, they were not aware of the allegations against him, um, which is probably true. True. Right. I, I think that... And, and some of the things that are described in the article against him happened after. So, so even obviously that stuff would have happened after they wouldn't have necessarily known about that. Right. I think they would have known that they, that he was fired. Okay. Um, and I mean that, that seems, that seems like a reasonable assumption, um, that, you know, that, that they would, that he, that they would know that he had been fired before the season aired. Yeah. I mean, um, they still had a good six months or so of, of. Right, because yeah, they're still working on the show. They're still editing it and figuring out how to tell the story. Right. Um, so, and, you know, it's not, it's, this isn't a question about what they should have done about him, like whether or not, or like whether they should take away his title, because, I, I don't know, there's, that's that's not, that's not the thing that's rattling around. It's just more a question of like, I don't know, it's it's just a, 
I don't know. It's still all new, and it's still just a bummer, mostly. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I think they could have, uh, you know, if they really did know, they definitely had time to make a decision to, even if they present him as the winner, they can still kind of then go, but we're rescinding the prize because of these things, or, you know, whatever the decision is. But I think some right. acknowledgement that while the, the knowledge of what happened didn't change the way the season went when it was filmed. Right. They found out afterwards and they at least took it into consideration. I guess I'm just still, you know, if they're not talking to his employer and if he doesn't say, mm-hmm. although mm-hmm. if these allegations, like if I were any, like, yeah, I, I mean, I could definitely see people reaching out to them on like, even on social media and just being like, yo, dude just got fired. Right. Um, but it's definitely possible but it also so it reminds me of that so the fact that the the article about it like if he was fired in december um and they and the austin statesman like chooses to time the article about it to the finale of the show um presumably they had the information they could have presented it earlier as well like the knowledge was out there it kind of reminds me of um do you remember when the Jinx was airing? Mm-hmm. And so it was rolling out on a weekly basis. And. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. And the finale, there's that scene where it, there's some, there's evidence that the producers or the directors, like they, they find, like they actually like match the handwriting and it's, it's pretty, um, it's new evidence. It's stuff that hadn't been caught before. Right. Um, about Robert Durst and um, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then that combined with the fact that he certainly uh, appears to admit to it <laughs> when he thinks <laughs> the microphone isn't on. Um, but right. all of that kind of comes to a head in the last episode. And they waited like, so you have, you have the director, you have the producers, you have the people editing the show. They have this footage. They know they're putting it into the, into the show. They didn't. It's they didn't turn around and give it to law enforcement. So, you, so when the in the lead up to that final episode, suddenly you've got review copies going out, and it's like they they started telling. They didn't want to ruin the show, but they did want to eventually share all of that information. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, all these things came to a head where it was like, oh, investigators are reopening this, and like you know, new allegation, new new you know, they're going to arrest him for other things. And, and, and it was this weird thing where it like all was timed not to the discovery of the information because the show, the people making the show had all of that footage back in the day. Right. All of it came to a head when they were finally ready to air it. Right. And there's that weird crossover of like, well, what is your responsibility? Like you knew, when did you know? Like you knew you could have told, you could have done something, but you made the show, making the show was the priority. Right. Um, Well, that same thing happened with that Borat movie with Rudy Giuliani. They were like, I mean, they sort of sat on the fact that he tried to sleep with a woman, the young woman posing as a reporter until the movie came out. Yeah, I mean, that's a little tougher because it's, I mean, he sh- definitely should have done that, but it also was an actress and he wasn't aware of that. Right. Um, and so he was that, just that's tucking a... his shirt in, Dustin, so. He was, was yeah. 
You're just tucking your shirt, you know, like oh, a normal. Right. Of course. No, of you course. lie. You lie down on a bed, and then you tuck your shirt in, like a normal person. <laughs> Wait, are you are you being sarcastic? Do you not lie down when you do that? No, I'm saying how? that that is that's how you tuck in a shirt. That's a normal way to tuck in a shirt. I was gonna say, like, wow, I had no idea yeah. there was another way to do that. <laughs> that's I do the that. only way to tuck in shirts, Dustin. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing untoward happened. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, all of this is it's not exactly the same, but I do think that right. there's uh, the lines when you're dealing with anything that is a like reality television. Right. Whether it's documentary, whether it's competition, whether it's whatever. Um, right. Yeah, those lines get blurred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially because the because it's uh, yeah, just just be, even though it is constructed, you're obviously still dealing with real people. And yeah, I mean, I mean, there there is a. I completely understand the the instinct to protect the show and to protect the the um you know or or the or the documentary or whatever it is you're you're making because right. because you don't want to ruin it and also probably legally can't unless you know you get permission from the people paying the paying for it on right. some level oh yeah um but i mean part uh, of me wondered how much of it was like hbo like you know we'll send out press screeners and also let the law enforcement agency it like right, right. <laughs> it's just drumming up interest in that last installment well unclear what top chef i mean i guess they could have scrapped the finale and reshot it the the well i don't think i don't know i mean they've never they've never shown i'm trying to think of um what they've done in the past. Cause there hasn't, I don't think there's been something like this in the past. Uh, there was one winner several years ago who years after winning was arrested and he's, he's basically been erased from, from top chef history. Like they don't mention him, but they didn't, you know, they didn't strip away his, his title, for example. Right. Um, so I don't know. It's I, I mean I don't I don't think there's any precedent for what they should or shouldn't have done or what they could or couldn't have done. Um it's just that this obviously happened so much quicker, right? Because it, it, it came out as the as the show was airing. Yeah. Um and it does beg that question of if they knew before the episode aired, mm-hmm. could they have you know, even if it's yeah, they don't have time to reshoot a finale like right. that maybe, but to to not even just have a some sort of title card in there at the end in the, mm-hmm. you know, to acknowledge the events. Right. It'll be interesting to see where, what the show does from here now that it has kind of blown up. Right. Cause this, this is really the first thing that's, I feel like this, I, I don't know if this is accurate or not. Cause I'm not, I, I don't read a ton about top chef other than like enjoying the show. Um, but I feel like this is kind of the first time that they're, as a brand, it's kind of taken a hit. So, um, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be again, like, you know, it's not, this is not the most interesting thing, but from a TV standpoint, it will be interesting to see what they, what they do or if they try to, you know, wait it out. Um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, people will probably forget by the time the next season comes around. So this, I I assume that it's going to go to Peacock, uh, after, whatever i think that's where it goes after it leaves now and that mm-hmm. 
but like I'm not I'm not gonna watch it because I not only do I know who wins, but like mm-hmm. I'm gonna be like it's gonna suck because I know who wins and like it's a bad winner. Right. And, and you've talked about what a great season it was all season long, but now it's just gonna be like, oh, and you're gonna sort of like dread Right. It's be and and it, it is it is definitely a bummer because this season was really uh it, it was a really good season and it was, you know, the 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 competition up to that point was even even through the finale up until after the finale and the article started coming out then it was like well this was a really good season and i was like oh well that's too bad um but sometimes yeah i don't know i don't know how to get out of this segment so maybe we should just uh awkwardly move move <laughs> on to uh loki <laughs> speaking of bad men speaking um... of bad men Oh um, man, sorry, that was not good. Uh, no, we should not it's it, it, it's okay. It got us out of it. So Loki, <sighs> we're talking about Loki now. Loki on Disney Plus for episode four of it, which uh, I kind of forgot what happened. I, I enjoyed the episode, but I kind of forgot what happened until I reviewed uh, Tori's excellent recap on pajama.com, a pretty good website you should check out uh, <laughs> today, just before the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel like part of it is, and it's weird because like it's this is totally due to our recording schedule and the fact that I am not enough of a real recapper to get advanced um, (laughs) screeners of things. So it's like you know the episode comes out on Wednesday, Mm -hmm. we talk about it on Monday, right? We post the episode on Wednesday when the new episode episode is out. So by yeah. the time you listen to us talking, we are literally talking about last week's episode and you will right. have probably already watched the new episode and be like, what are they battling about? So it's, right. um, so yeah, we're all operating on a lag here, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, the last episode was the big exciting one where uh, a bunch of people seemed to die, but maybe they didn't die. Loki certainly didn't. Um, Mobius gets pruned. Loki gets, uh, pruned but then loki wakes up someplace with a bunch of other lokis and also maybe he's in love with sylvie who again is supposed to be lady loki so uh you know um yeah there was a lot of reveals but i one thing i wanted to talk about mostly is uh because i feel like everyone who cares has already watched the episode and probably read theories and recaps and everything to death by now um but my, my favorite thing with these kind of shows is reading the theories that come up in our comments mm-hmm. um, when, when we post the recap. So I wanted to give a shout out to some of our commenters who oh, yes. had really good theories in our comments <laughs> this week that I'm like, oh. Um, so one of them that I loved was from uh, Seamus. Seamus. Um, and basically, his, uh, the theory is that, um, you know how we talked about there's, they haven't resolved it yet, but Mobius and Ravona, uh, Mobius was always picking on Ravona that there was, a, she had this other analyst or this other agent, um, and whether she liked that other agent more than Mobius. Um, and the clue is that there was that pen that he, he saw that she had and he hadn't given it to her. Okay. Um, and so, like, the whole thing is sh- whenever they do these cases, they go, you know, they go eliminate a, a time branch or whatever, like a, a variant branch. Um, he'll bring back 
kind of a, a little a little prize, a little something from that branch and give it to her. Mm-hmm. So she had this pen from, I think it's uh, like Roosevelt High School or something like that. Um, and he's like, I didn't give it to you. Like, did that, did your other favorite agent do that or whatever? And, and they like joke about it or whatever. So uh, Seamus, his belief is that the other agent is just a different variant of Mobius. And that actually all of the analysts that uh, that Ravona sends out, they're all just different because if you can have a very if if mobius is a variant why can't there be multiple versions of him right and so it's all just they just never run into each other in the office oh that's cool which i thought was a really and like honestly wouldn't be surprised i mean you know i i thought the whole leading thing would be that you know on the in the main timeline and like the sacred timeline or whatever there's there's a version of owen wilson there but there could still be multiple Owen Wilsons who are still working for the TVA and they just don't know it. Right. Um, so I thought that was a very good theory. Um, and oh, and actually, this was the kicker. Um, the reason Seamus said was uh, because a Mobius wraps back in on itself. So the hint, uh, the hint was in the name. Mm, mm. That's really good. Yeah. Infinite, yeah. infinite Owen Wilsons. Yep. Wow. That's also more thought than I have put into this series the entire time. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I appreciate it, Seamus. That's an excellent theory. I appreciate that, too. Yeah, I'm like, oh, man, maybe I should just let them write the recaps. <laughs> I also love when they disagree with me on things, and I'm like, whatever, we'll just see. Usually I am wrong. Usually they're right, but it's fine. Um, and then our our you know, faithful commenter JS, who gives us mm. all kinds of details, yep. um, also popped up with a really good one uh, that I hadn't even thought about. Uh, basically, now it makes sense why they make a big deal out of screening all of the variants uh, to see if they're robots when they do the intake. Remember the scene in the first episode where they're uh, they're asking Loki if he's a robot before they let him walk through this, uh, it looks like a metal detector. Oh, right, right. And because it's like, well, if you're a robot, this will be very not good for you. Right. Uh, well, what, what JS points out is if the timekeepers in that office are robots <laughs> themselves, <laughs> yeah, they need to screen to make sure no other robots come in because if you have like some Ultron model, and it comes in and interfaces with whatever Bluetooth Wi-Fi the timekeeper robots are operating on, then the whole, the jig is up. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so it's a, it's a no robot zone because they, they have enough robots. Makes sense. I like, I like that it. one. Yeah. Um, and then this one, okay. This is one I'm I'm not sure of, but a lot of people were agreeing. So I wanted I wanted to pose it to you guys and see if you thought my reading of it was wrong. Um, so Feathers McGraw says that it, the the Nexus event on Lamentus, the thing that drew the TVA's attention, so that they would come and and pull Sylvie and Loki before the the moon blew up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had said it was because, and this was what Mobius was saying, it was like they, because they started having feelings for each other, like literally when uh, Loki and Sylvie hold hands, that's when the, 
the spike, the, the time branch starts. So it was, that was the event that wasn't supposed to happen. Okay. Uh, so I thought it was their emotions. But uh, Feathers McGraw says that, it, no, it was just the fact that you had these two variants of Loki and they were supposed to die and they were about to die in a place. Uh, sorry, I just dropped my pen. Um, <laughs> they're about to die in a place that they weren't supposed to. So that in and of itself. Oh. Uh, so I don't uh, know. What do you guys think? What did, what did you think when you were watching the episode? Uh, that Judith Grimes was in it. That was my big takeaway from the episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. Okay. The kid, kid Sylvie. That's right. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. That, that's uh, Andrew Lincoln's the character, Rick Grimes' kid, and yes. The Walking Dead. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. I didn't know that also until I read the, the comments. <laughs> Somebody posted a picture, and I was like, oh, I bet Dustin would get this. Oh, yeah. wait, 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 wait. Before, before we get back to Loki, Dustin, that reminds me, I want to ask you a question, because uh, we're not talking about Kevin Can Fuck Himself this week, but uh, I was watching... Kevin can fuck himself. And there was a promo for uh, the final season of The Walking Dead, or part one of the final. Uh, anyway, whatever. Walking Dead's ending, but they're going to do that new show. So it's, yeah, the, the, the mothership is ending, but then they're going to do the spinoff with uh, Daryl and Carol. Okay. Um, and yeah, the movies. Yeah, and the movies. And Fear is still going. And um, the world the other, Yeah. yeah. Uh, but there was, in the promo, uh, they showed these guys who. Look like stormtroopers, yes. And I was uh -huh. like, who, who, who are these stormtroopers? <laughs> That's the Commonwealth military. Okay. So and, there's, and, there's yeah, a civilization sorry, with like a fifty thousand people. Okay. In it. It's sort of been hidden from The Walking Dead all, all along, but like it's a regular civilization with like okay. a stadium and music bands, and this is their military. <laughs> and how do they have the uh, ability to uh, to uh, to to create stormtrooper armor. <laughs> Did well, I explain that? <laughs> well, we haven't really got there yet. So okay, they've just been introduced. Okay, cool. Um, I was just curious because I saw the promo and I was like, oh, look at all these characters who I who I some of them I know and some of them I kind of vaguely know because the last time I watched was when they killed off uh, Steven Yun. Mm. Uh, but <laughs> but it, that's neither here nor there, but it's fine and it's all fine and the show is still going and that's great. And but also like, oh, there are these randos who seem to have armor that they can fabricate out of something. I don't know. Um and it's not like you know the it's not like the weird armor that uh, you don't see. Um, also, a random aside, uh, JS because Tori mentioned JS. Uh, shout out to JS. JS suggested that we should watch uh, in August when we're watching some show that none of us have seen or haven't right. seen in a while. That we should watch Gargoyles, nope. uh, which is a great because which yeah. is a she said it's animated. It's on Disney Plus, which you all have. It's vaguely serialized. She makes a pretty good point <laughs> also the fact that half the voice like cast, she's torturing us no 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 not no, us no no no, no not, you not, no me all, you. All, all of it, gargoyles would be a delight it would be wonderful Dustin. you realize that half the voice cast is comes directly from star trek the next generation jonathan frakes is uh and, and uh deanna troy marina yep. yeah yep. Killing me over here. uh 
and 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 uh, Jordan Peele loves Gargoyles so much. He tried to get Disney to let him do a, a live action, I think, movie, and they kind of passed. But hmm. which was um, dumb, yeah, on their part. He would have. I mean, it would have been great. Oh my god, it would have been amazing. Can you imagine yeah. a Gargoyles live action movie? Yeah. Gargoyles is one of the. I mean, I don't have. I don't have a good like idea for how to do it but gargoyles is one of the things where i was like yeah if if someone said like you can take any property then i'd be like yeah give me gargoyles that'd yeah. be great be no so dustin fun. you don't understand gargoyles is it's like it's this it was a kid's cartoon mm-hmm. that was inspired by shakespeare <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. all this shakespearean references yeah mm-hmm. um but in a story about like statues that are cursed and they come alive and then there's like a detective and yeah they, but like, like weirdly dark and like it's like dark ninja turtles yeah yeah it's like ninja turtles without the whimsy mm-hmm. um, i didn't hear a word you said after kids cartoon <laughs> god damn it all right well i feel like that and star trek i voice. mean that's that's definitely it's a point point to points to gargoyles is Are, what i Question, uh, Dan, mm-hmm. since you, you know, pretty much run this joint, um, <laughs> are, are, is Podjiba a democracy? Uh, funny story, Podjiba is not a democracy. <laughs> it isn't. So we, so we couldn't vote and outrule Dustin. Uh, we, we, we can't vote and outrule Dustin, although we could decree something and overrule Dustin. <laughs> so is it more of a situation where Dustin and I have to vie for your decision. So like I basically, I have to hope to convince you to pick gargoyles <laughs> and I have to do a better job than Dustin does at convincing you not to. I mean, look, it's, we, it's, it's a, we, I'm a, I'm a just and fair ruler. I think anyway, I don't, I don't know say. about that. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I'm, I, 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 I listened to, to every side of the argument before making my rulings uh, I think we can all agree. You're a real um, bullseizer. Yeah, uh, not not in the not in the pejorative way. In the legitimate, I like to I like to weigh what our options are before we together chart the best course forward that I've decided. Um, also, not to not to belabor this, but I think when we get to August and we actually start whatever our rewatch is, I believe the first episode in August will be episode 100. So just oh just to point that out and <gasps> episode 100 somehow significant the gargoyles which i will come up with oh, later wait wait, but... wait 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 shut wait. up shut up shut it okay what if okay shut shush shush i'm on to something the tequila's tequila. oh my god i love the tequila um god damn it thank you the rock uh so, what if we picked, we don't have to, rather than doing an in-depth uh, rewatch of, like, a whole show or mm-hmm. a season of a show, yep. what if we picked, we all got to pick a 100th episode of a show? Ooh. So it's That's only, a really so it's, good idea. It's only three episodes, but yep. each of us get to do it. Yep. I like that. I like that a lot. I and do, then, too. And we can, we can really pick who we want to stick it to and how bad we want to make this. Uh, this is amazing. Uh, I, it's so amazing. I wrote it down. I, I really, I really, I really like that idea, Tori. I think that's what we're going to do for, I'm glad you wrote it down so that we'll actually remember when we sober up. 
<laughs> we do our best planning on pod. We do our best planning on pod when, when, when it's late in the episode and we've we've had a little bit. Um, back to my thoughts on Loki. Uh, so, uh, I I joked that I barely remember the episode, um, which is mostly true actually, um, but it was uh, I don't know. It it was fun. Uh, it was a. It's it's weird to be like I was in watching the episode. I was legitimately like uh, upset when uh, when Mobius gets uh, gets uh, pruned. Yeah. Because um, I was like, oh fuck! Like this is this is a this is the kind of move that a show like this could do if they are if they're willing to, like, I was like, oh, are they willing to do this? Like, are yeah. they actually this bold? And, like, this is going to be the show? Uh, I I worry that, unfortunately, it, we're, we're, not unfortunately, because obviously we want to see Owen Wilson again. But also, uh, it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit of a bummer that, like, by the end and the end and the mid-credit scene, I'm like, okay, so they're going to find, Owen Wilson, yeah. wherever wherever he's been pruned to, if it's the same world or somewhere else. But, but that's um, the thing. So even if pruning was was permanent, like even mm-hmm. if pruning, because there's there's two things happening here, right? Like on the one hand, if you were to kill all of these characters, they're all variants. So it means there's right. there's an original, uh, like a main timeline version of them at the very least. Not to mention right, any right. other variants. Right. So losing one doesn't mean you're losing all of them. Right. But add to that now the doubt that pruning, we assumed pruning meant death because we saw these people very dramatically in the first episode get zapped and like disappear. We kind of thought that meant that they were eliminated. Right, Um, right. And now the the reveal with that mid-credit scene is like maybe not. Maybe they're just shunted to some other place, Mm -hmm. which to me makes sense in in the sense of we're discovering that the timekeepers are not these all-powerful beings. Right. They're a Wizard of Oz kind of fraud. Mm-hmm. So why would we assume that anything that, that we've been told about how the sacred timeline works and that they're eliminating these time branches and that there is they, they've solved the issue of a multiverse? What if the multiverse still exists? Right. And actually, like, these characters are just getting... It's closed off, but they're getting thrown into these forgotten corners of it. Right, um, right. So... Yeah, I'm really curious. Is there is there a, you know, destroyed New York City landscape that's just filled <laughs> with Owen Wilsons? This on show jet skis? This, this show isn't good enough to be this complicated. <laughs> but it's not that bad either. Like I don't mm-hmm. know. No, I'm it's still, not that bad. It's just like yeah. it's 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 I want, you need to be more invested in it to care about all of this. I wanted it to be more complex than it is. I think I'm mm-hmm. still, I because so much of the complexity has nothing to do with Loki himself. Right. And especially because they've made Loki like, like he used to be a legitimate threat and now he just gets like kicked around a bunch. Right. <laughs> I'm just sort of like, so is, is he... Like, I'm not saying, like, I, I understand if they're trying to figure out if he wants to be a bad guy or not. Like, that's not the question. But, like, he is very powerful and should be a threat. And he, I'm I'm waiting for, I'm assuming it's going to happen at the very end of the last episode or something where, like, this has been a scheme all along. 
but I right. Know. I want Which them would to be a very yeah. That would be a very uh, uh, Moffaty Doctor Who mm-hmm. instead of uh, Russell Davies. Um, and I wouldn't also, even mind that because sometimes, like until we all got sick of it, the Moffat twists were fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I like the Moffat twists. <laughs> yeah. They were all sentimental and sappy, and I love them all. Um, uh, I, I have one last question about, about Loki, which is, uh, what, what happened to Eugene Cordero? He's, he's been missing now for two episodes and I know he's not the hero of this story, but he's the hero of a story. (laughs) Well, here's the thing, Dan, (laughs) it doesn't really matter what happened to him because there will always be more of him. Right. But we haven't seen him on screen. He'll come He's just another Mobius. We want more Pillboy. Oh, also, is Pillboy now canon as a variant of his character here? Um, oh, I think he, yeah, he is the variant of Pillboy. <laughs> <laughs> Pillboy, so that's the thing. We need to rewatch The Good Place and yeah. find the, the nexus event in Pillboy's life. Right. <laughs> that spun off into a mind-wiped Casey. Right. Uh, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Um, and that would be great. Uh, and uh, and we saw Richard E. Grant. And we finally saw Richard E. Grant uh, as classic Loki. Yeah, old Loki. Is old, that right? Old Loki? Yeah, okay. Old Loki. Yeah, that was his original costume, which mm-hmm. was uh, very ridiculous. Yeah. Um, uh, that poor... But I do like that we... Oh, yeah. poor man. I, I do like that we have old Loki, young Loki, boastful Loki, and uh, alligator Loki or crocodile or- Loki. Yeah, croaky. Gator Loki. Croaky. Croaky. Right. <laughs> somebody, um, yeah, somebody else in the credits was like, "I thought that was just Kid Loki's pet." I'm like, "Did you not notice the horns?" <laughs> yeah, that's that, obviously a Loki. That is obviously a Loki because hello, there was a frog Thor. <laughs> like, why couldn't there be an alligator or a crocodile Loki? Right. Um. Well, there are two episodes left. Uh, one of which will be available by the time you're hearing this podcast. So uh, hopefully hopefully you enjoy it. Um, hopefully what we've said won't already be obsolete. Yeah. Um, but uh, that seems like a good place to end. We've, we've, we've talked for quite a while. Uh, On another night in which we didn't have anything to talk about. <laughs> we, we, I, we started off, no joke, with me saying i don't know what we're going to talk about and it's this is ended up being a quite a reasonably reasonable length episode yeah all right our itinerary was what's everyone drinking kung mm, fu corner loki mm. and then the forever you know game question we will play a game someday (laughs) but not tonight because we've already gotten to this point uh i'm very excited for episode 100 now which is just in a few weeks few weeks away so that'll be great uh, uh, yeah. Um, uh, I wait. I had one other thing to say, and now I'm forgetting it. So it clearly was not that important. Um, How's your tequila? It's wine, and it's. Uh, I'm about to finish up the last of it. So uh, have a good night. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.